Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Hey, everyone. I am Stephanie Hubka, and I am the 2023 Vice President of Membership and Outreach, as well as a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ETD. Behind the scenes, we also have Helena Hodges, our VP of Finance and Operations. Now, today, we're going to engage in some mental health and well-being. Welcome, Catherine Corey, for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely delighted to be here with you. This is my my nerdy little heart loves talking about mental health. I'm super fun at parties. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh, already. <laughs> I know. Well, now before we get into the topic, can you share yes. a little bit about your background with our listeners and viewers? Absolutely. I mean, other than I'm fun at parties. So, <laughs> That's really yeah. what we need to know, right? <laughs> we already know I, that now. <laughs> and done. No, absolutely. Uh, so I am, I'm about as Midwesterner as you can get. Um, I was born in Illinois, raised in Minnesota. My parents are from Iowa and Wisconsin. And then I went to school in Michigan. So, but I've been now in DC for more than 20 years. So I share that because it's, it's, important to me and how I, it's, it views a lot about how I see the world um, and where I come from. I do a lot of work in identity. And so that's also kind of why I share that. Um, so I've came up through a lot of association work. So things like ATD are very, um, very close to my heart. <laughs> and um, for the past probably 10 years or so, I've been doing talent development work. Um, I do executive coaching. I do organizational development consulting. Um, I also spend a lot of my free time, again, doing really fun things to talk about um, at parties. I've been on a suicide prevention hotline for more than about a dozen years, um, being on the phones and then moving to chat as our technology changes and our needs change. Um, I also do some volunteer work in reproductive justice, and I'm getting my PhD in clinical psychology. So just um, a few things going on. Um, but I really, I love, I love all of what I do and I'm very fortunate to be able to have a life that I have built that allows me to do those things. And it took me a long time to get here (laughs) to figure out exactly (laughs) what I like to do and be able to do it. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I do, um, my husband and I split our time between DC and Seattle. So I'm sitting in Seattle right now. Um, so I have some frequent flyer miles as well. That's <laughs> just a few. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, few. first, thank you for your volunteer service and helping to save lives. Oh, thank you. I, so we have to go forward with that. <laughs> thank you. That's really, it's, um, it's something that is really near and dear to my heart. And, um, I, it's really important to me. Um, it's interesting as, you know, as life gets busier and things get a little more hectic, it's kind of always the first thing that people suggest that I um, give up. And it's just a non-starter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I believe so much in it. And it's, 
it's something that I find really gratifying. Not in that, oh, hey, look, here's this thing I do. I really enjoy engaging in conversation with people. And there are there's so few things I think in this world we can actually do anything about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and engaging in honest conversation with people when they're at a really low point is one of those things that we can just truly do. So yeah. that's why it's so important to me. Nice. Well, and it's very much in alignment with our topic today, yeah. which which can be a big area, right? Mm. So engage in mental health and well-being. Let's level set for our conversation, our short one today. Yeah. Yeah. How, how are we defining mental health and well-being? Oh, such a good question. Mm. Um, such a good question. And I think it depends on kind of who you're talking to, truthfully, um, and what their definition is of mental health and well-being. Um, the definition kind of that I like to use, um, truthfully, is, you know, it depends on kind of, depends again on who you're talking to, but I like to talk about it as it includes kind of our emotional, psychological, and social well-being because it impacts, you know, really how we think and feel and act. Um, so really anything that anything that impacts how we move through the world. And so often we think about, well, you know, I have to have a diagnosis or there has to be something wrong with me. And that's just not true. It just impacts how we move through the world. So that's how I think about mental health and well-being. Does that make sense? How does mm-hmm. I'm curious about how that resonates with both of you? It, it makes a lot of oh, sense absolutely. to me. And I really appreciate the fact that it covers the whole person. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. that goes into what it takes to be human. And so I think that it makes a lot of sense to have that very nice multi-dimensional look at what mental wellness is. And, you know, along those lines, it kind of gets me thinking a little bit about how mental wellness and mental health have been so much more a part of the conversation, especially over the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. I know before the pandemic, there were certainly pockets in which it was spoken of and often spoken of very well. There were organizations who were working very hard to take care of people. But I feel like over the last couple of years, the conversation has broadened quite a bit and it's becoming, I hate to say more acceptable because it should never have been unacceptable to talk about it, but it feels like it has a little bit more of a home in the conversation we have. And I'm curious what your take has been. How has conversations around mental health and mental wellness changed over the last couple of years at work? Really, that's that's such a great observation. And I think really accurate for some spaces and not for, not for others, um, which I think is also important to note too. Um, And I think for those where it has changed, where we can kind of pull it along for those spaces where it hasn't changed is important too. So I I really appreciate that question and observation. Um, So, and I think it's interesting kind of the, your, your observation around acceptable too. Um, that's we think so we think so we we tend to think so binary about mental health um where it's i can talk about it or i can't talk about mm-hmm. it and here are bounds where it's okay to mention this or i can't mention this um 
And rather than, well, okay, here's part that maybe I am willing to share and I don't have to talk about this. So thinking about those boundaries, right? Um, around, I don't have, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Um, so I think that's been an interesting shift too, to think about, all right, well, what are things I might be willing to share versus what are things that I, I still might want to keep to myself or I might want to talk about in different circles. So I think that is part of the conversation and part of the shift as well as thinking about, okay, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. So as we think about how we talk about wellness in organizations and how people engage, um, one of the things I think is is so interesting, so powerful are the dimensions of wellness. Um, so I find that really useful. And depending on kind of who you talk to or what sources you're you're looking at, um, there can be anywhere between five and 12 dimensions of wellness. Wow. Um, I tend to stick around about eight. Oh, gosh. Um, that's because I find it most helpful. Um but those aspects are things, it's not just, you know, my physical, it's not just my emotional, but it's things like financial, it's things like spiritual mm. and environmental. Um, and so maybe at work, I'm comfortable talking about, you know, my, my environmental wellness, and I'm comfortable talking about my emotional wellness and my physical wellness, but I don't really want to talk about my spiritual wellness or my financial mm. wellness. So maybe those are things I engage with in different areas, um, not at work. And so I think that's really interesting for us to think about as well, mm. rather than, nope, I'm just not going to talk about mental health and wellness at all at work, um, but kind of parsing those things out. So I think that's been a shift that we see as well, rather than all or nothing. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the all or nothing because I think uh, us humans tend to do that. I, I can't tell you how many times people are like, do you want this or that? Right. Or should we involve this or that? And I'm like, how yes. about and <laughs> or, or some sort of, right? Yeah, some both. sort of like continuum. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What, what recommendations? Cause we have worked in those places. I mean, mm -hmm. I came from a background of law enforcement where it's like, yeah. you know, if we had emotions or any kind of issues, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that stays at home. That doesn't go to work. Yeah. So for those people that are in that type of work environment, or maybe for those people that are running that type of work environment, what is that first step that people can take towards being more open to having these discussions in the workplace, whether they're all or nothing or somewhere in between, right? Oh, Christina, I love, um, first of all, thank you for bringing, you know, that piece of your past life into this conversation. Um, it's, I do, I do some forensic research, um, into law enforcement populations mm -hmm. and, a, you asked such a great question about kind of that, I think, splitting of selves mm -hmm. <laughs> and compartmentalizing. Yeah. Oh God, we're so, <laughs> we're so good at it sometimes because yeah. we think it makes us better, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's, that's the thing to first realize, right? Um, I think a great first step is to understand why we're thinking like that and to ask ourselves what we think we're getting out of it truly. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Why, why do I feel the need to leave this part of myself at home? Or why, you know, what am I scared of? So really some, some 
some interpersonal uh, or some, you know, some introspection to myself that's keeping me from being able to have that interpersonal connection. Um, so starting with yourself first mm-hmm. and I'm going to cheat and go two steps. <laughs> um, so beauty, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for allowing me. Grace. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that first question to yourself. And then secondly, being able to start with a small question to somebody else, you know, even depending on what your relationship might be, is it, you know, Hey, how was even, how was your weekend or mm-hmm. how's, you know, I know this about your family or your child, or I know that you were dealing with this. How's that going? And just a, just a small, a small question can be really helpful to show interest and build a relationship. Um, to start to just be more human. I think it doesn't have to be. So tell me about your deepest, darkest childhood secret (laughs) and how how you've been carrying that around at work. (laughs) Just showing a human connection and building some of that empathy, I think can be those, those bridge builders to start to be able to have a foundation for talking about emotions and Mm -hmm just humaning at work, really. Ooh, I love that humaning. It's such a <laughs> good term, isn't it? It's yeah. one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yes. right? So I'm going to human today. Sorry, you, go ahead. <laughs> some days are harder than others to human. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of people run into that, which is why some days you're a little bit more on your game, a little bit more off your game, depending on what's going on. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are as far as building team environments or even organizational Mm -hmm. environments, because it feels to me like there are some organizations that do a very good job of this. There are others perhaps Mm -hmm. that have some work Mm -hmm. to do. But when it comes to helping people to feel safe and secure, like they can do their best work, what mm-hmm. what do you recommend for teams that are looking to create the kinds of environments that really meet people where they are and provide that type of safety for them? So lovely. And I, I appreciate this. I was listening to your conversation um, with Natasha from a while oh, ago yeah. about mental health as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I appreciate the ability to kind of be able to pull that thread as well yeah. in here. Um, so, cause we, we talk about, you know, kind of these safe spaces. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think is so critical is to be able to differentiate safety from feeling safe from feeling comfortable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm, yeah. And right. The ability to, understand when we feel unsafe and when we feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> because there's such an important distinction between those two. Yes. And we are so conditioned to at the first sign of discomfort walk away. Not engage. I I can't do this. Yep. Avoid. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And just run away. And but being able to sit in discomfort <laughs> can really help create those safe spaces. And so understanding what our own reaction to discomfort is yeah. and to feeling uncomfortable. So, okay, as a leader, 
what happens when I get uncomfortable? Do I look to shut something down? Do I look to use humor to deflect? Do I change the conversation? Do I try to hand it off to somebody else? You know, what happens? Or am I able to sit in discomfort and, you know, say, that sounds really hard. Yeah. I, how, you know, how is that going for you? What's, mm. what, what is that? So I think that willingness to be uncomfortable and sit with someone else who's uncomfortable can, can really go a long way. So I'm sorry, Stephanie, I didn't mean to cut No, you not at all. I mean, I think what you're really describing is what it means to model the kinds of behaviors you'd like others to see and do. And mm-hmm. for a lot of leaders, that's something that's very important for others to see. When things are uncomfortable, how do you react? What do you do? Yeah. What choices do you make? Because people will learn something from that. And at the same time, I would say there's probably space for others to be able to do something similar. There's, you know, the idea Absolutely. of influencing without authority, for example. So you may be able to bring your, I don't know if it would be a comfort with discomfort or at least a willingness to explore that space that might encourage others to do something similar. No, you're absolutely, I could not agree more. (laughs) And that the, you know, we talk about managing up and managing sideways, all of these things. Absolutely. So the, the ability to just, to just sit with somebody who is going through something that's uncomfortable, the the ability to work through conflict, the ability to view conflict as productive, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of that. And you know, we were talking about at the beginning around you know kind of suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. The even if it's not you know even if we're not at suicidal ideation, just we think about when somebody's in pain or somebody's going through something that is that is uncomfortable, just being able to sit. And be mm. in that space and not wanting to fix it, yeah. not wanting right. to solve something, but just be with someone. Mm. That's huge. Yeah. And right, we don't we don't have a lot of spaces where that happens, where yeah. I I can just be with you and I'm not trying to solve something. I'm not trying to figure it out. And I think that especially happens in the workplace. Yes, it does. Um, where right? We are, we are taught to, you know, we're expected to produce and we're expected to be problem solvers and work our way through it. Well, okay. Sometimes I just want to tell you that this is, this is really difficult right now. And I, I'm having a hard time. I know I'll get through it and I know I can figure out how to work around it, but can I just sit here and tell you it sucks right now? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, so I think that that creates some safe space. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, Thank no, you. no. So that um, I, I'm trying to think of, because there's benefits to having, I, I'm trying to get into the mindset of, because I, I was there many years ago, right? Of, mm-hmm. hey, work is for work. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right. We need to work when we're here. And then, uh, so I almost think, I almost think like we need a public service announcement for, hey, these are the benefits of yes. when you create this environment for your folks, yeah. right? Um, more productivity. So what would that message be what, that you would have maybe for those organizations that are like holding off and, and still kind of in that older mindset? Oh, are you sure we only have like 20 minutes? How long can the be? <laughs> Let's say a commercial, you know, okay, 60 right. to 120. How many curse words can I use? <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just asking. I want to know what my bounds are. Um, I mean, I, truly, I think there's so much, there's so much around 
authenticity and what you get from people when they feel free to mm-hmm. do their best, to think most creatively and show up as, as their whole selves. Um, yeah. If you expect people to leave part of themselves at home, then great. You're going to get 10% of them. You can't expect to access all the creativity, all of their leadership capabilities, all of the beautiful, wonderful, smart talent that you hired if you expect them to leave part of themselves at the door every single day. Why would you not want to access that? Mm. So I, you know, I, it's very, it's mind boggling to me. Um, So I just, Get what you pay for. Get your money's worth out of people. <laughs> I love it. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. I so <laughs> Thank agree. You. Thank you. The beautiful messiness that it is to human, right? Yes. I mean, we should yes. bring that with us every day. Be proud of yes. it. Be proud of it. Yeah. I, it's it's truly, I mean, you. we're not, we don't hire widgets. We hire people. Yeah. And that means all of our experiences, all of our identities, all the wonderful messiness that has gotten us here. And it's not just work experience. It's experiences I've gotten through relationships, through my family of origin, through obstacles I've overcome, through really hard lessons I've learned, through things that didn't quite go the way I thought they would, through things that happened exactly as I thought they would, but it didn't turn out that way. So tap into that expertise. Why would you not? Right. I <laughs> yeah. just love how you put that. I, that is, yes. I mean, it's, it's a great tip and a life lesson and, you know, something to use kind of as a guiding star moving forward. I just, I love that. Although I also love the fact that even though we're coming to the end of our conversation today, we still yeah. have a few more questions for you. So <gasps> I know, I know. We like to save the best for last in some ways, although I'm, yes. I'm hard pressed to say that after our conversation today. There's just such <laughs> wonderful information in what you shared yes. with us. But we like to oh, wrap up our... Oh, I, it really was. And so we'd like mm-hmm. to wrap up our episodes with what we call rapid fire. So we have three quick questions for you. Ne- yes. None of them really should take any more than about 60 seconds or so to answer. What do you think? Okay. Are you ready? Are you <laughs> <I'm>, ready? <laughs> all right. I'm going to crack my knuckles here. Get in my seat. All right. I'm, I, think, I think I'm ready. All right. I think I'm ready. I, I warn you, these are the hardest questions we have for you today, but I think you can <laughs> do right. it. All right. First question for Just you. Deep breathing. <laughs> we should start that way. Give us one book that everyone must read and why. Okay. I'm going to cheat and I'm going to give you two. Please do. <laughs> we love it when people give two. First, okay. Thank you. Because <laughs> the first one's also kind of heavy. So you need them as a pair. Okay. So uh, the first one that I, I truly uh, is a must read is Emotional Inheritance um, mm. by Dr. Galit Atlas. Mm-hmm. And it's just a real light read on generational trauma, <laughs> but <laughs> it's... <laughs> It really, it speaks to how we understand ourselves and our world in a generational aspect. So um, secrets we keep and secrets we know about from our grandparents, from our parents, and secrets we keep from ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's a wonderful 
it's just, it's a it's a really powerful, wonderful story. Um, and understanding the lens the lenses through which we move through the world. And then once you read that, read Joyful mm. um, by uh, Ingrid Philippe Lee. So uh, it talks about, she talks about the aspects of joy and the different dimensions of joy. And her background is uh, design. So she talks about, she, she's a designer and a researcher. And so she talks about all those different aspects about how to incorporate them through, um, for instance, play. She talks about how to integrate play into your life through big round shapes, because that's the aspect mm. of design. So polka dots, bubbles, um, places you can go, hula hoops, um, how you integrate that into your life. So those are my two books, I, Emotional wow. Inheritance and Joyful. I love both selections and I think I'm going to go ahead and read both of them. So great recommendations. Yes. Second question for you. What is one tool that you can't live without? So again, a little bit of a cheat. Um <laughs> Brene Brown's podcasts. Oh, um, and I use them as a curating tool because there's so much good information out there that I want to tap into, but I use her unlocking us and dare to lead to tell me what I should be reading next yeah. and mm. what other podcasts I should be listening to. So that's what I use as my curation tool. <laughs> that's a really brilliant way to go about doing that. And one of the best parts about podcasting, honestly, it's that great connection into so many other resources yeah. that might be beneficial. What a good I get really idea. overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> overwhelmed in the best way, right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. So just tell me what to do next, Brene. That's Thank right. You. That's right. If only, if only she were here. All right. Our yes. last question for you for today. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? So truly, I cannot remember if credit goes, this tells you a lot about me, I think. Uh, I cannot remember if credit goes to my mother or my therapist. So, but it is truly the best advice I've ever been given. It is a compliment sometimes when people do not like you. Oh, mm. yeah. Absolutely. I love that. So, I <laughs> carry that with me quite a bit. Wow. I'm going to remember that so, one too. Yeah. <laughs> there are some situations, right? Where you think, well, I mean, you can't win them all. But no, that is absolutely smart advice. I love that one. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's a compliment when people don't like you. I love that. I do. <laughs> oh, Catherine, it has been amazing. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing your wisdom. Oh, thank you both. This has been delightful. I'm I feel so honored to be here and be in conversation and community with you both and the rest of the chapter in this way. So thank oh, you. Yeah. Appreciate the time. Well, and of course, we want to thank our listeners and viewers. Uh, before you go, though, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Do you need consultant services? The Metro DC chapter of ATD has many talented members. Go to dcatd.org and check out our consultants directory under the resources menu option. Want to network with other chapter members? Join the Metro DC chapter of ATD members on LinkedIn today. 